Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's no way that I'm going to be able to get through a page of, like, gay erotica without laughing. There's not. Without cackling, I will break down and cackle. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. This week, we are going to talk about causes that we love and support through financial means. There are ways of volunteering to help causes or organizations or projects or art. But I think this week specifically, we're going to talk about how we use our dollars to support whether it be a nonprofit or a podcast or a Kickstarter project, we want to explore the idea of what it means to give up like maybe a the amount of a coffee, a cup of coffee, and put that toward something that we want to see flourish. It's a good comparison with a cup of coffee because oftentimes that's really all it ends up being. Or really all you need is just a couple bucks. Yeah. And if you're getting a fancy cup of coffee, you know, those run you between four and five bucks and sometimes between in a fancier coffee place, like seven bucks. Right. So that adds up really quickly. Yes. I realize. Especially if you go once a day or five days a week or I mean, it's kind of crazy when you look back at it. Yeah. Yeah. Not that getting coffee is bad. No, we're not saying that. You don't need to like not get coffee, but just... Homeschooling is bad, not coffee. Homeschooling is terrible. We've already, <laughs> yeah. We definitely, we know that at this point. I think, and in, in, we'll bring it around to this eventually, but John and I have talked about and explored the idea of doing a Patreon for Manic Rambling Spiral to help cover the costs of hosting and the technical aspects of these things. Ryan is super expensive, by the way. Like It's Ryan's fault, basically. Yes, he exploits us for millions and millions of dollars. And we are looking at ways to raise money to keep us up and running and to keep us going and to provide richer content. Richer content. Richer content. Well, and ways to do that that involve you guys, that involve our listeners, because we have a lot of really engaged listeners for this podcast and something like patreon allows everyone to participate to kind of get in on the action and keep it going and become a part of that community which is cool it's very cool and patreon itself is amazing if you're not familiar with it patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com it is, it is a good way to throw a few dollars here and there to um, things that you really enjoy, that you wish that you could support. There, I just did a lip smack, and Ryan is going to have to edit that out or keep it in, and that's expensive. <laughs> we should just record his angry grumbles as he has to do that. <laughs> I know. Um, but I, we, we, as we were 
talking about this, I was reminded of a, a recent post that I did trying to raise money for Hurricane Harvey that hit Houston pretty hard. I was raising money for the Red Cross, the American Red Cross, and President Obama had even given his endorsement of them and has worked with them extensively. At the time, I was thinking about donating to help as many people as possible. And I chose the American Red Cross partly because of his endorsement, but also because they don't just work in one specific place. And there was two more hurricanes on their way toward the United States. And I was willing to match $500 if my readers would you know, send me their receipts and show me that they had supported the American Red Cross. There was some debate over my choice of charity, nonprofit, and there always will be. And we've had this discussion here before about how the administrative costs of nonprofits. Yes, some nonprofits don't use their funds well, but there are administrative costs that go into running a nonprofit well. The day that I actually did send in $500 to the American Red Cross, I got, there were like six of my friends had sent out emails to all of their friends saying, hey, I'm running this marathon, or hey, I'm running this triathlon, or hey, here's my Kickstarter project, or like I spent so much money that day. <laughs> I got to the end of the day and I was like, oh my God, there's like, that was rent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a really good, and I think we talked about this back when we were talking about nonprofits, is that there's there's always just so much to give to, whether it's a charity or a creative pursuit or a physical pursuit. I mean, it doesn't really matter what it is. There's all, I feel like you could be constantly giving. Constantly giving, yes. And whenever somebody, whenever a friend of mine sends a, you know, a request saying, here, I'm going to go run this marathon or whatever, I always, always, always contribute because I know that I'm, I've made so many requests on my website for people to support causes. And it really is like, it really is like, give up a cup of coffee for, for one cause. Like once a month, give up a cup of coffee and, and use that $3 or $5 or $7 toward something that you care about. I, that that analogy always sticks with me because every time I'm standing in line at Starbucks, I'm like, this is $5, $5. And, and you think about certain artists online or even blogs. A lot of blogs have died because the banner advertisement market has completely died. If they were to ask their readers, can you give up a cup of coffee for me? And, you know, and I'll churn out my content for you for $5 a month. And some people are horrified by that request, horrified. Like, you want me to pay you $5 a month? And it's like a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. I think the internet has made people assume, whether they realize it or not, that everything should be free. Like, yes. because people can, you know, record a music video and put it on YouTube for you to watch for free. Or they can write a blog for you to read for free. Or they can take photos and post them for you to look at for free. So you just get so accustomed to everything being free that you think everything should be and you kind of forget what happens in the background you know you forget that that photographer has to have software and equipment and they have to spend days getting these shots you know that someone has to edit this music video that someone has to edit the podcast that someone has to maintain the blog and there's things that go into it and for some reason when you buy a book you acknowledge that and you say i spent ten dollars on this book because here is a thing that i can hold but when it's on a screen there's just I think a lot of people just automatically assume that it should be free because so much is. Right. 
we had uh, James Brickwell on a couple weeks ago, and it's it, stu- it stuck with me and still sticks with me when he said that he wanted to he started doing web comics because writing a blog post was so much work. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the comics seemed a little quicker. Yeah, and it yeah people don't realize just how how much work goes even 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 with a WordPress installation or a Squarespace installation, like especially WordPress, there's so much that goes on in terms of getting a blog post up. Even when when you have a handy content management system, there's still a lot of little things that you have to do to get something published. Like when I publish something, the actual mechanics, not even the writing of it, but the mechanics of getting it up on my website are pretty involved. Like I have to take into account an extra 20 to 30 minutes of editing and making sure all the tags are right and making sure all of the photos look good and making sure that I can post to Facebook and that it looks what it, the way it's supposed to look on Facebook. And things are easier than they were before. Oh, and it's way still easier. That. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still that way. And that's outside of sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a post that's 800 to a thousand words, writing that post, editing the post, you know, editing the content. Like there's hours involved, multiple yes. hours involved in the creation, in the actual posting, in the reading comments, in the checking email. I mean, there's all of these pieces that are kind of associated with it. Right. And I, I got an angry email from a reader last week. Um, I, I changed uh, ad networks because my ad network that I signed on to back in 2005, they've been sold, I think, four or five times now. And the revenue from their banner ads literally went down to zero. I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing. Oh, wow. And so I switched over to a different network and they have a different way of doing ads. And there's some of the ads that you, you can actually just click and they'll go away. And But some people are really bothered by that. Okay. And I, and I explained to the, the reader, I was like, I understand your frustration. I'm trying to maintain a revenue stream so that I can continue doing this for a living while trying to weigh what my readers will and will not tolerate. And that is a balance. It's a fine balance. Um but I know some some bloggers who have switched to a, or they have, have basically said, if you would like to support my efforts here, you can become a subscriber, basically, you know, a yearly subscription of $10 or a, a yearly subscription of 100 or they do Patreon. Some of, some of it is working. And then again, there are some people who are just like, nope, I'm not paying for this content. No, I'm not going to. Right. Which I guess it depends on the creator too. I think I've seen some people who go that route, uh, you know, go the Patreon route or, you know, do it independently and basically say all of my stuff is now locked. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep producing it, but only for the people who want to help support it. Right. And I'm not saying that one way is, is better or worse, but I get that. I mean, the internet has become a great platform for, for artists and creators to share their work, but that doesn't mean it has to be free all the time. It is extraordinarily difficult to maintain a level of creative output while maintaining the business aspect of things. Right. If you're doing it alone. If you are the person who is running it all while also creating it all, maintaining a consistent creative output is extraordinarily difficult. I burned out big time, big time in 2015, 
just the, the burnout was was real. I think my readers now understand that I can't do a certain level of creative output while I am. <laughs> Yesterday, I got a frantic email from my lawyer talking about the copyright on the Deuce logo itself because I changed the actual logo face. And there was two, two and a half hours of back and forth between the two of us. And that's two and a half hours in the middle of my day that I don't really have because the previous day I <laughs> the previous day I had been in my car for 10 hours with my children. Right. I remember that. Back yeah. and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Just the lawyers and the accountants and the spreadsheets. That takes a lot of time. So right. I contribute, I think it's eight dollars and thirty-nine cents a month to the local public radio station. Okay. I did that three years ago and they've just I thought that I was just giving them a hundred dollars. Like a one time. Yeah, but apparently I gave them a hundred dollars over a period of however many like eight dollars and thirty nine cents. And then they they just continued to take the eight dollars and thirty nine cents off of my credit card. And I haven't stopped because <laughs> because I listen to them right. and I like what they do and I, I support what they do. But that's one of the things that I contribute to every month. I don't contribute to public radio. I should, because I do listen to them. What I tend to do when there's obviously like major needs, like uh, Hurricane Harvey, like those sorts of things, I will contribute. Find organizations that that make the most sense to me. Maybe other people don't like them. I don't know. What I tend to do a lot, and I went through one period of doing it way more than I needed to, is supporting um, either like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, people trying to launch companies or get products off the ground. And even I have I have supported projects on those platforms that are things I don't even really need yeah, or necessarily things that I use, but that's not why I do it. I do it because I look at the story and I look at these three people who've spent five years making this one thing and how dedicated they are and how excited they are. It's like, you know what, I'll throw 15 bucks at that just to, to help you bring this to life. Right. Like maybe it's not something that I'm going to use all the time, but I think the story is awesome. Right. And it's it's so cool that we live in a time where you can do that, where you can crowdsource, where you don't have to get a massive loan, where you don't have to get venture capital funding. Like you can ask people to help. And I just, I think it's neat to see things come to life because of that. Yeah. Whenever one of my friends has a, I'm a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, like I will always contribute to those and give as much as I possibly can just because what they've done is they've packaged like their hopes and dreams into this thing. Usually whenever you go on to, to Kickstarter or like a couple of my friends have done films, it's never just like, hey, I want to um, make some stationery. Give me some money. Right. I mean, these are like they want to produce meaningful films that are that are meaningful for 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 girls and their self-image. I had a friend recently who launched a Kickstarter for a really adorable card game that I cannot wait to get to play with my kids. Mind you, I hate I hate board games and I hate playing <laughs> games. But when I <laughs> when I saw the card game that she made, it was so I was like, this is my kids and I would love to play with each other. Not only did I support it, but I also promoted it because she's great and the game was great so it's something that me and my kids can use right you get behind the product and the story yeah and the just the variety of things that are out there is mind-blowing yes i mean everything from you know like an ethically sourced hand-knit pair of socks to a film that's going to take three million dollars mm -hmm. and and it's just 
it's a cool platform. Patreon's spin, I mean, for, for anyone who's not familiar with any of these, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo are basically someone comes with an idea and presents it and says, we need X amount of money to bring this movie or item or whatever to life. And you can contribute and you give them, you know, a one-time amount, usually anywhere from a dollar to thousands of dollars. Um, and then you get rewards in return, whether it's the product or a thank you note or any number of different things. But Patreon, I think, is really interesting because it's less about the finished product and more about supporting ongoing creativity. Ongoing projects, yes. Yes. Like, I'm going to write a new song every week and then record it and release it. And you can give me a dollar, you can give me five dollars, you can whatever. So, And that might continue for five years. Maybe they're just going to keep writing a song a week rather than saying... I have 12 songs I need to professionally record to release my album and I need 10 grand. Right. And that, I, that's what I, I mean, and I love the Kickstarter and the Indiegogo, but I like the idea that Patreon really encourages people with creative pursuits to keep going, mm -hmm. but it also encourages people to continue that support to not just say, yeah, I'll give you 10 bucks. All right, cool. And then forget about it. Right. And I think that's, that's neat. I've done some work with an organization called the Exodus Road. Trafficking? Is that the one? Human trafficking, okay. yeah. I've traveled with them in, to Thailand uh, a couple of times, but they do work they, they do work all over the world. They do work here in the States. The, I give $35 a month and have been for the last three years. I'm sure that we've covered this story before here, where I posted a picture of me with a baby elephant in Thailand. Oh, yes. Yeah. And well, I know I've heard it. I guess I don't know if we covered it here, but... I, I posed with, um, I didn't know that we were actually going to see elephants walking around in the streets in Thailand. I did not know this at all because I was there for a completely different reason. And we left a rehabilitation center and a man was walking down the street with a baby elephant. And we all hopped out of the car to touch it and um, get our photos taken with it because, I mean, my God, it was the most magnificent creature I'd ever seen in my life. I posted it on my site because the, uh, the person who took the camera out of my hands and took the photo of me with the elephant captured a series of expressions on my face that are magically hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I'm so excited about being there with that elephant that I l almost shit my pants. And you can see the expression on my face. In, in sequence, as I like, I, I mean, you can see the delight on my face get bigger and bigger and bigger as each photo goes along. The outrage was swift because didn't I know that that animal had been ripped from its parent and had been tortured? And no, I didn't. I should have probably, but I did not know. And so I did some research, came back to my readers and apologized and showed them the research that had been done. And then I said, as an apology, I have found a, a, an elephant refuge in Northern Thailand. And I began giving them $35 a month as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were all of the emails like belligerent and rude or were some of them just, Hey, in the event, some of them know. were like, Hey, you probably, I love, I love the ones who are <laughs> the criticism. The, the best criticism is you probably didn't know this. They're giving me the benefit of the doubt. Like, you probably didn't know this because you were there to try to stop human trafficking. You probably didn't know this, but this is a horrible practice that goes on in Thailand. 
And you, here's, a, here's a couple of links to some articles to help you understand. I'm still going to read you, uh, but I just wanted to bring your attention to this. You know, not you horrible, horrifying bitch. <laughs> you are contributing to the torture of these animals. Well, that's why I asked, because honestly, there's so much to be aware of in the world yeah. that you're going to miss some things. Like, I, ha- I didn't know that. I probably would have done the same thing, not because I support the torture of elephants, but because I didn't know. And if someone kindly points it out and is like, hey, you might want to read some of these articles because this isn't what you think, I'm always open to that. But when people like jump down your throat because you weren't aware, come on. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't keep the dialogue open. You're, I mean, sometimes if I'm emotionally fragile <laughs> and I open an email and I can tell it it's going to be belligerent, I just won't finish reading it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, right. They, they lose their audience. Yeah. And the core of the message is usually well-intentioned or good information. Like they want to tell you that this is a bad thing, but there's a way better way to go about it. And this is probably an entirely separate conversation, but yeah. And you still give to that organization though. Yeah. Um, that one. Yes. And, okay. But this also goes to what, you know, it, what an audience will and won't tolerate. Um, like there's, someone called it political capital. There's only so much political capital that you have. And I know that my readers come to my website to read about, you know, my my children and my life and my dog. And that, that those are the stories that they really want to read. So if I'm doing work with organizations or asking people to donate to organizations, I have to do it judiciously because if I do it all the time, it loses its effect. Right. And people are like, you know, stop asking for money. Like, I'm not going to give to any more organizations, goddammit. If you post twice a week with different organizations, like at a certain point, people are tapped. Right. And I get email all the time from people saying, you know, my cousin was in a car crash and, or my uncle has stage four cancer and they ha- there's all these GoFundMe pages that people want me to link to. And my hands are tied here. Nobody knows his uncle. Nobody knows. Right. And it's not that I don't want to help them, but I get so many of these requests. Like I get them daily. It's hard for me to, to explain to them. This is not something that I can do or ask of my readers because at, at, at some point they're going to turn, they're going to turn off. Right. There's, I mean, there's so many people I want to help. And that's why I go for the, for the more organizational. Here's an organization doing really great work that affects a large number of people. Yeah, that makes sense. But in terms of like supporting the arts and supporting education and that sort of thing, I think supporting an artist that way gives an artist breathing room to have the space in 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 his or her head to do the creative work that's necessary. It may have been in This American Life or something that was talking about the um the need for for leisure time for creative people. Um, they did this study where, do you know when, <laughs> and I'm doing it right now, <sighs> when you're searching for a word and you can't find it in your head. Oh yeah, but you know that you know it. But you know that you know yeah. it. And it will come to you when you are in a moment of repose. Yes. Because your mind is relaxed enough and has enough space that it can go into those spaces in your brain. Yes. And so they did these studies that it's 
better for creativity when more leisure is introduced into the lives of those creatives. Interesting. Yeah. Which I think to some people, like it's easy to look at, I don't know, a musician and see them sitting and playing and being like, well, that's leisure. They're just, they're just <laughs> strumming. Like, but it's, it's not to them. Like maybe to someone who just occasionally plays guitar, that is a leisure activity. But when that is what you do, when that's your creative process, it's work. Even if you love it, it's still work. It's not leisure. Right. And I, I only bring that up, I think, because in the world of whether it's writing or photography or painting or anything, it's really easy to be on the outside and look in and see that activity happening and view it as relaxing or leisurely or a mental break. But it's it's not. It is it is a job. It is what they're doing. So that it doesn't count. It doesn't count. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. I had a actually I had a a manager when I worked in retail like years ago. And you're on your feet the whole day. And she would always say that you think better when you're sitting. Which looking back makes a lot of sense because in that environment, that's like, that is when you relax. If you sit, you're relaxing because you're not on your feet. And if, if we were having a discussion and she was in a meeting and couldn't remember something, she would grab her ass to simulate sitting <laughs> to try and help her remember it. And it didn't matter who was in the meeting. It, it could have been in front of everybody. It made no difference. Like, and I would say 95% of the time it worked. Really? She wouldn't be able to come up with a word or think of what she wanted to say. And she'd like grab her ass for three seconds and be like, oh yeah, now I got it. It's the weirdest thing, but it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I've often, people talk about those standing or walking desks. Do you know what I'm oh, talking yeah. about? I'm like, I would have to retrain my brain how to write if I had to stand up and do it. Well, I can stand. Like I'll, I'll take those breaks to stand and work, but the walking ones. The walking I, ones. How oh, would you God. do that? I don't. I don't know. I can't even think of what kind of job you would need to be able to do that. I mean, we sit and write, type, which is theoretically something you can do. I don't think I can multitask like that. No. I would either fall flat on my face or not write <laughs> I anything. I don't even know how if I could actually get my fingers on the right keys with the, the rest of my body moving. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of like, what is it? it rubbing your belly and patting your head at the same yeah. time. Like that's, it's that exactly, but for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Like, but I know a lot of people who are doing that though. They're doing it. Like the walking desk? Yeah. The walking oh desk. I would have to retrain my brain how to do everything that I do. And yeah. then you have to wonder if it's worth it. <laughs> and for some people, I'm sure it is. I just, for me, I'm like, no, I, I run, I get out, I move. It's, I don't, I don't need to spend the energy retraining my brain. Interesting to note, I, there's a, a guy, a local guy named Doug Fabrizio, and he has a show, and I he's on KUER that I support, $8.39 a month, and he had a guy on the other day who, who writes for The Atlantic. Um, he's a health and fitness writer who talked about the fact that even if you are a, uh, even if you run every day, and even if you're a CrossFitter, it doesn't matter. The damage being done with how much we sit a day is horrifying to our bodies and, um, and our minds. Damn it. Yeah. That it's, it's, I mean, running, of course, doing all those things is good ultimately, but the damage being done by being so sedentary 
for a for a, an extended period of time is big and it's important to get up which is why i guess my apple watch reminds me to get up every hour right. and move around but like getting up and moving around is the best thing that you can do to make the benefit of your run go even further but i wouldn't have heard him say that had i not been were it not for the efforts of <laughs> your, your contributions my contributions yeah <laughs> With the contributions of viewers like you or listeners like you, I suppose, in that case. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. But that is a that's a really good point that you make about about Patreon and giving creative people kind of that the breathing room i mean for one the fact that their their creative efforts are being supported so they don't have that stress in the same way but i think it's also they're still able to be very independent i think especially when i think of like musicians that their livelihood is on patreon you know they're not signed to a label they're not obligated to do any specific things right they're only real obligations are to their fans who are giving them money. And that's, that's a really good point. How it should be. Like they're the people who are going to buy the album or download the songs or pay for things or come and see you perform. So really they're the ones that should have a big say, not you know a, a room full of executives that want, you know, 10 more tracks next month. Right. And who are probably going to say, "I don't like that. I don't like that one." Right. Go do that differently even though they're not the musician exactly they yeah. they just see it from the financial side of things which i think is another interesting aspect of all this is i think you you get you know these book publishers or music executives or agents and they look at it just from money because they know what sells so it's kind of also then up to everybody else these consumers to show them that different things sell. Like I'm giving my money to these Patreon campaigns because I like what they're doing. You weren't going to let them do that, but I'm paying for this, Mm -hmm. you know, which I think has the potential with time to kind of change that mentality. Maybe, maybe that's wishful thinking, but, (laughs) but breathing room is, is definitely key. I mean, I think like you mentioned, you hit, you hit burnout just mm-hmm. due to the exhaustion of it. And then I think over time, even if you don't hit burnout, you just lose interest. Eventually it just, it doesn't have the same, you know, you're putting so much energy into it without a return 
that you just start to question, even if you could keep going, you just start to question if you really want to. A friend of mine wants me to use my social network to uh, help raise money for a surgery or a, or a treatment that she needs. And the the problem is that once I open that door, the floodgates are open. And I'm, I'm asking people to give to my friend. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to, to ask of my audience. Um, I want to, uh, she suffers from, um, MS and I, I want to bring, what I think I'm going to do is bring a broader attention to, to MS and broader attention to our healthcare system and the fact that she can't really, she's, she's a walking pre-existing condition, you know? Right. Back when I was signed and I was under this contract with my ad network um, they were really good to me, except that I had to take on every single sponsored post that came my way. And there was a month in, I think it was 2013, where I had like four or maybe five sponsored posts. I had to say yes to all of them. And so I knew that that was going to be a lot of sponsored content to endure. So I churned out like as much other personal content as I possibly could between each of those posts. And even at the, at the end of the month, you know, by the fifth sponsored post, fourth or fifth, people were just like, I'm really getting tired of this. Like, this is really, really pissing me off that you have all this sponsored content. And I was... Even with the personal buffer? Even, even with the personal buffer, I was so exhausted. It was like, I was like, I had been sprinting, you know, for, for years at that point. And I just... I just wanted to shake my head and it's like, I have to pay my bills and I am beholden to this contract and I'm doing everything I possibly can to make it as enjoyable of an experience for you. I mean, ultimately for me, what I want to do is write content about my kids and my life and what happens on the day to day. That brings me the most happiness. That's what my readers want to read from me. But ultimately just doing that doesn't pay my bills. I have to do sponsored content from now and now and then. It right. just has to happen. Unless unless I would, you know, unless I ask people to subscribe, which I just don't think is a viable thing for my website. Just in general for for yours specifically, just for how long it's been around or just for how long it's been around. And you know, when I took a step back in 2015 and said that I was gonna be writing less, like there were a few people a few creepy people who said to me, how dare you take your children away from us? We have invested all of these years reading about them. And that ownership of me felt very, very wrong. Like I felt like the boundary wasn't, wasn't good. Right. Because I, I've seen some people do ask for sub- subscriptions successfully, and, but their content isn't as personal as mine. Right. Um, and doesn't include pictures of their children. And I think uh, I, I have been scared of inviting that ownership of the audience, of the audience going, well, no, guess what? We do get to know this about you because, you know, we, we are paying you. <laughs> and that, yeah, I think in that situation, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you bring up a really good point, though, too. You know, you get to the end of this month and there's people that are kind of rolling their eyes like, I, I can't stand this shit stop with the sponsored content. But then the other option, well, there's two other options. Either you get absolutely nothing, which means you basically don't have a business, or that 
that income comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And if all of the readers decide that they really hate sponsored content and they're willing to to help support the business, then that's a totally different situation. But then you're right. I mean, in your case, then yes, they own a very personal thing, which is kind of strange. Kind of strange. Yeah. But for things that aren't quite as personal, it can make a lot of sense. Right. You know, I mean, even like this podcast, it we get personal to a certain degree on certain levels with certain things. But it's also not a podcast that's personal in the same way as deuce.com. No. It's a very different spin. And I think it also, it has the potential to, to, you know, really even transform further into something else and have, you know, more guests on or, you know, focus on additional specific issues that maybe aren't even issues that directly affect us, but they affect a lot of parents. And we can get someone on to talk about that and to have a conversation and to facilitate that conversation and things like that. This 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 podcast is different in the fact that <laughs> like I will write a funny paragraph about my bowel movement, you know, and I, I will joke <laughs> about but I'm not gonna sit here and talk about it. <laughs> we could though. I mean <laughs> no. we could de- we could devote like a good ten minutes every episode. <laughs> this you know, sometimes it's it's been really interesting. Because I I do, people will meet me and they'll say, oh my gosh, you talk exactly like you write. Or, you know, and then I meet people and they're like, oh my God, you're nothing like you. Like, I just expected you to be this crass bitch and you're not. Oh my God. (laughs) I get really mixed reactions. (laughs) Yeah. I was more toward the you talk like you write, I think, when I met you back in 2012. I didn't, I don't know how people could expect you to be a crass bitch. Well, some, some people will, like, I'll be hanging with around someone and I'll, I'll make a horrified reaction like, oh, my gosh, did you just say that? And they'll go, wait a minute, you just got upset about a dick joke? <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no way that you just got upset about a dick joke. And it's usually because it's it's come out of nowhere or I wasn't expecting it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't get to be offended by anything, deuce. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. I think what we wanted to do was get some ideas about what people would want in terms of a reward level, didn't we? Right. Well, what people would want in terms of, you know, reward levels to to support, you know, each episode of this podcast. But then one step further, you know, if you're if you want to support the podcast, what do you want to hear? Like, do you have topics you want covered? Do you have guests that you have in mind? Like what can be sort of tied into that, the reward levels and the campaign itself? That makes it worthwhile to you to spend an hour each week with us. Right. Which we're pretty awesome anyway, but. We're we're pretty awesome anyway. John, you're good at this. Good at being awesome? You're good at being awesome. You have, you have the whole radio, um, because you, you did host a radio show, didn't you? I did in college. Co-hosted, yes. Co-hosted. You have a very good cadence about how you, you talk about things. Oh, Um, thank you. Yes, it's very measured, very radio-esque, very professional. It's basically the yin and the yang. I am the hillbilly. <laughs> that is that is not how it goes. <laughs> but uh but with the reward, I mean, we've come up with some ideas, you know, for how this how this could look, but we're not the ones you know, pledging to support it. So we definitely want to know 
some of the ideas that we have. We would love to include some more guests. There are several of my friends who I would love to have on. We've got a pretty good list, almost a dozen people in mind right now. That we would, I would love to have come on and talk about their experiences as single parents, as, the, as children of single parents, to talk about their separation and divorces, um, how they handle that with their, with their children. We also want to feature some of you as guests. We also would like to, is it a live broadcast? Or it were one or a call-in broadcast. Yeah, people have asked, you know, over the last eighteen months about the possibility of doing maybe live. Um, we'd have to kind of look into the the technical details there, but even like a a Q and A episode, where maybe it's not live, but we tell you when we're recording, and there's a call-in number, and people can call in and ask us questions, and that will be the episode, which could be really interesting. Oh dear, <laughs> right? So you know. Interesting. I'm just going to leave it at that. But things like that, ways for, for you guys to become more involved and interactive with us and with these episodes beyond you know, email and social media, which are great, and we, we love those, but a, a different way to connect on a different level. Yeah. What would you, what would you guys like to see as a, as a reward for supporting us for a dollar, for $5? for $7 for a cup of coffee, that right. sort of thing. And it can be anything from, you know, I'd love to give you guys a dollar an episode and I'd just like a thank you note in the mail. Like that, that's awesome to know. Or, you know, maybe you want, I don't know, a shout out in an episode or a shout out on social media, or you'd love to see the the artwork for this for this podcast, you know, an eight by eight so you can put it on the wall. Any number of things. I mean, I'm just totally spitballing but the other idea the awesome idea that john had is um so maybe like outtakes or extra extra footage yes that you could have access to and then um <laughs> just imagine oh god john was... bray oh, reading wow. a page from an erotic novel <laughs> oh I'm just, and that was presented originally as a joke, but now that, now that we're saying it, maybe at a, maybe a certain reward could be to, you know, you could pick the page from the novel and I will read that. I'll get extra close to the mic, read it extra breathy. Sorry, Ryan. It'll be awesome. So really think outside the box is what we're saying. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe not too far out, but a little bit. The sky's the limit right now. That's true. Sky's so yeah, limit. think as far out as you yeah. want, I guess. Yeah. I I shouldn't have even suggested. <laughs> I just that. I I just want to I want to I want to be a Patreon subscriber just so that I can hear you read from from Fifty Shades. <laughs> just just that alone. Oh my god, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. You should just do it anyway. We should just, just spend just a whole episode reading erotica. <laughs> Just randomly picking pages from random books and we'll take turns. There's no way, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get through a page of like gay erotica without laughing. There's not, without cackling, I will break down and cackle. See, I think I could get, now I want to do it. I want to try because I think I could get through it straight faced. I don't think I could if we were sitting across from each other and recording this. But the (laughs) fact that I'm kind of in my own empty corner, I think it's a little easier. (laughs) 
I can barely record ads without like <laughs> screaming and throwing the microphone across the room because I keep messing up. Yeah, no, I'm the same there. And it's always in like the last 10% and something <laughs> yes. goes totally wrong and you realize that then the beginning was bad and yeah, it's a, it's a nightmare. Yes. When, when we recorded ads for this podcast, like I, one of us, has, one of us will do it and it's like, are you going to do this one? Are you going to do this one? <laughs> right. I did the last one. I know. And, and then one came along for, was it third love, the bra company? Oh, and yeah. you were like, Heather, <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure I actually you? recorded one of those too. I think you did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If I can record that, I think I can read a page out of 50 shades. I think you can. Oh my God. <laughs> forgot. Oh my God. I forgot all about that. Yeah. We were, and you, we could record ads for you guys. <laughs> for at certain you know patreon levels <laughs> that's true if if you have something that you really want to promote or support or that you're working toward yeah i mean that that could be an option too so let us know any and all thoughts about this whether it's reward based or whatever topic based or yes. guest guests that sort of thing because ultimately you know heather and i could talk for an hour once a week to each other and not record it but we're recording this for all of you so what would make you want to listen and what would make you want to support so that we can oh, keep this going? Yes. Also, uh, Lita still wants to be a guest on the podcast. Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that her name was yeah. on that list. Yeah, that would be awesome. On that list. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, that would be amazing. We could spend the whole hour talking about Felicity. I'm going <laughs> to have to get caught up. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Felicity. <laughs> There are three, by the way, there are three episodes left. And uh, it's two, two nights ago, she realized there were only four episodes left and she started crying at the end of it. Oh, God. And then last night, she realized there's only three episodes left and she was sobbing. She was sobbing. She was, and she was like, I don't understand why I'm so emotional about this. And I'm like, because you're 13 years old, hon. And she's like, I just care about them so much. I care about each and every one of them. And they're not going to be a part of my lives anymore. And she's like, I, I can't believe I'm crying about this. And I said, Lita, it's the end of a series. I saw the end of Game of Thrones season seven and I sobbed. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. This, this series isn't even over. And I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. <laughs> I don't I don't think we can talk about Felicity. You'll both probably cry. And I haven't seen it and I won't be able to cry and it'll just be awkward. It'll be awkward. But maybe 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 our readers want to hear us cry. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's the one, one thing that they can, can request. That's true. Maybe I need to take one for the team and watch Felicity so that all three of us can cry. <laughs> that's what it'll be. So as always, I mean you can reach out to us um, on social media, Twitter facebook and instagram at manic ramblings and share your thoughts uh, or email might be easier especially for something like this so you can email us at stories at manic ramblings.com and we would love to hear any and all ideas that you have even if it's recommendations on erotic fiction that you want me to read bring it on yes. bring it on and in the meantime continue giving to those organizations and arts and education and all those things you love because because just because support what you can still support drink coffee but support what you can because sponsored content sucks <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.